0: Whispers, sonnets, join me for a sonnet bedtime treat. Hello everybody and happy Thanksgiving from Kristen Garth who has <laughs> had a little champagne tonight so just chalk up the um tone of this to that but um I just wanted to do a podcast tonight and be with my listeners because I know a lot of people on this Thanksgiving are not all with a lot of people and that's actually a responsible decision so I wanted to be with you guys tonight and Anyway, <laughs> I decided, um, because again, I have this book coming out, Puritan Succubus Alumnus, in just, um, a few weeks at, for Christmas, um, well, a little bit early Christmas, um, that I would read some naughty poems, um, uh, <laughs> some more succubus poems, um, starting with one called, She Never Was Going to Heaven. And I wrote this poem, actually, for the bookmark (laughs) of succubus alumnus, because one thing I've started doing for my books is that something that happens for me, I don't know about other people, is I will finish a collection, and it's... In editing, and we're kind of past the stage of adding things in. And I will write a poem that I think is so perfect for that book, and it's like, well, it's too late to put it in. I'm, and I probably could force it in, but something that I've done recently that I think is fun is to do. Um, because I like to make bookmarks for my books, and I always order those when I'm waiting, is to write it, you know, use that kind of poem for the bookmark instead of in the book, and so people who order it from you get, like, an extra poem on the bookmark, and um, <laughs> and it's fun to me, and then, and so this poem I wrote actually, you know it was starting off and I was like oh this is gonna be great I'm gonna design the bookmark today and make sure it gets into the Puritan U collection and as I said it is called she never was going to heaven she never was going to heaven though she genuflected as in prayer she dirtied white cotton knee socks a glow in blacklight like her Barbie underwear. She only prayed in neon, cigar smoke in the stale air, on a phallic altar with ribbons in her hair. Plaid bespoke for strippers before Father Roman collared a hundred dollars in his hand, confessional with flesh before him, though she understands. She never is going to heaven, not blessed by the erection of this holy man. She is rentable, unforgivable, and irredeemable by venerated hands. And I wrote this poem um, (laughs) just to tell you a little about it. Um, When I recently saw a thing in the media about the um, Pope um, having liked or the account of the pope on instagram i think it's they're saying it's being investigated as you know maybe there was it was the social media you know person for the pope and not the pope himself but either way um that he that the account of the pope liked a um Picture of a girl in a Catholic schoolgirl skirt, a woman in a Catholic schoolgirl skirt, very voluptuous woman with a very nice ass, <laughs> you know, um, and um, and it was very small, and it reminded me not, uh, you know, she had a better ass than <laughs> than I did, but but I when I was a stripper, I would wear a um really small um uh, little skirt like that. And, in fact, I did dance, table dance, for a priest um, in his collar. And, um, I mean, I'll never forget it, because I wasn't ever, you know, I wasn't raised Catholic. In fact, Puritan U, succubus alumnus, is all about um, Mormonism, in which I was raised. And, um, which is kind of funny, because I've been watching the um, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City lately, and I really like how... um, it shows Utah, but that, this, I could go on a whole episode about that, and maybe I will, (laughs) but maybe I should write some Real Housewives of Salt Lake City sonnets, but, um, though I was more just, like, a real college girl of Provo, Utah, but, um, anyway, I, I was, you know, even if, you know, this, I wasn't even religious, um, you know, I was raised in that, and I never believed in Mormonism, even when I was, young and and, you know in it but at the same time um you know you still like and I never was raised Catholic so I mean really it shouldn't have been like this big deal you know to dance for a priest but I mean you know I'm a human being and it just felt weird and you know like I mean one of those moments in your life like I'll never forget this you know and he was from out of town, and I just remember he was with a bunch of people, and, and they, you know, paid me, actually, were the ones that paid me to dance for him. And, um, I don't, you know, I don't know what more to say about it, but when that happened to the media, it just so much, you know, like, resonated with me because, it, you know, I just remember at that time feeling like, you know, that this man who like holy man, you know, he could be in here, but you know, a, a lot of people would just look at the girls who dance in there, like me, as, you know, sinners and irredeemable, but yet it's okay for, you know, these pious holy men to come here and have their, you know, mild sin, you know, will be forgiven of them, but. <laughs> Um, anyway, I'm going <laughs> to read another sonnet. Um, that was quite a memory. <laughs> but, um, okay. This one is a little provocative. And also kind of on just, it's, it has, this is, I don't know. I, in the poetry community, um, I wrote this one this week because I have great windows in my bedroom. And that's like one of the things I love so much about my house and at night, you can see the moon. You know, which all poets love the moon. We are all, you know, you know, competing for the moon. And I always love looking at it at night. But what I've really got into recently is the sunlight. At right around, you know, two o'clock to four, that range is like the magic hours of my bedroom. And when I lie in my bed at that time, I for all the things that the moon can give you it it can't you know it can touch your soul <laughs> you know it can touch your heart but you don't feel moonlight the way that you feel sunlight when it's you know that perfect just heat that penetrates you and <laughs> I just never had written anything sexual about the sun before, though I had about the moon. And so I decided this week to break down and just give myself over to the sun, because I definitely do that in my real life, and I definitely feel beholden to the sun on those hours. Like I get excited if I'm home and able to like write or <laughs> frolic in my bed between those hours. It's the magic times. So anyway here is radiant heat. This is the time of day. Sunbeams cross my mattress. Imprison flush atop its breadth. Each breath, bee balm, bids eyelash butterflies vibrate. No body lies in wait, bereft its pleasures, just because it is alone. But moans all illuminations shone through nude windows. Your radiant heat upon bones, pheromones through glass, stretches me lewd amidst this mundane morass, to which I am consigned, fallen star, millions of miles from where you are incandescing in my midday sky. Penetrate your plaited plated exile with photons interlaced with fingers crude. Our zenith consumes my disquietude. I'm having a little trouble reading tonight because I think it's Thanksgiving. And so I hope you guys will be a little patient with me because it is a holiday. But I did want to uh, <laughs> do this and you know, show that I love writing and poetry every day and like it's not a chore to me I mean I some people say you know uh you know you have to have a day off and yes I mean I do think you should take days off if you need them and there's times that I do but most of the time it's really just a joy to me and so I don't you know I don't look at it like a a obligation or a work even even though I feel Joyful that I've had experiences of getting paid, you know, now to do this, and that's so magical too. Because, you know, I mean, everybody wants to be um, compensated for their hard work, so that's it's it's nice both ways. But it always is a um, just truly a pleasure beyond anything else. Just like that sunlight, <laughs> the radiant heat. I'm drinking some water. <laughs> <laughs> this is Kristen got whisper sonnets tipsy and casual. Um, so anyway, um, I going to read another sonnet that is, I wrote about stripping, but it's also really about this movie closer, which is, I, I want to do some time of poetry book of like all my movie sonnets, but like, um, I should just uh, do it because, you know, um, I already have a name for it, but, um, anyway, I have a lot of movie songs and I could write so many more cause I love movies more than like, you know, anything besides and I love books too, but, um, I just love an epic story. <laughs> just engages you like that and um anyway the movie closer which is also a play but I've never seen it in the play form I'm sure I would love it I'm just from a small town so I don't get the opportunities to like see you know all the um cultural things that I would love to see but I you know I did see the movie and oh my god I love the movie so much so much that I um made my journal poke is um which is um one of the actors and closer is clive owen and i have a huge you know thing clive owen thing and um anyway although this poem hello stranger is well it's about both but it it really is about the scene it talks more about the other character in it which is g law which i i definitely like too and where i'm from he's you know father to a child (laughs) child here with with someone so we're um in, in my small town so um he's kind of a local legend <laughs> but in that way but or something but uh um i i adore him like i think he's beautiful i mean Townsend mr ripley oh my god i mean like he you know but really i'm loyal. out of that movie if i was Natalie Portman and that strip club scene with Clive Owen would have gone a lot differently (laughs) because I would have no willpower like Natalie Portman and and she obviously was more in love with you know Jude Law and um then you know her like dalliance with Clive Owen and I hope I'm not spoiling (laughs) the movie for everyone but I I would have been in the opposite but anyway here is hello stranger she whispers Harrier eyes buckle front short coat pole dancers thighs nomadic waif accident prone on british streets bluffs blunt for scones sandwiches stitches up neat a safe approximation of a fairy tale alice TV server with obituarist details, even name some memorial avails, a savior, children, kind you assist to kiss, full nude performer, recidivist, when you disappoint her, throw her away, back to neon, those strangers ready to pay, men pretending to love topless amnesiacs, last funeral plaque persona construed she would have been anyone to love you and um yeah (laughs) like I mean now I'm gonna want to watch that movie again (laughs) because I just (laughs) anyway like I said you know um I was never when I was stripping. I was not that um, kind of. I mean, I, some people would probably disagree because you had you have to like turn off. You have your desire, not to say that it's not there. And I've written poems about like the desire of strippers that exist. You know, um, inside even under like a cool demeanor where you're making money. You know, we would in the dressing rooms talk about um, like you know, oh, you have to change your g-string, for example, after, um, table dances, because you were, you know, too aroused, things like that would happen, yet, you know, perhaps, and I think often, men did not know that, you know, they, they, I think a lot of men think the women working there have no desire for the people they're dancing for, or no, um, arousal, but, you know, it's a job. And so you have to, like, you have, if you get caught up in, you know, desire and the man runs out of money and you're going to just sit there all night, well, who is going to pay your electricity bill? You know, I mean, at the time that I did that, you know, it was, you know, it was a very, very stressful thing because like, you know, you get to have many nights where it wasn't stressful and it was wonderful and you made more money than you needed and you were fine to pay all your bills, but everybody, you had slow nights too where there was nothing you could do about it and you had to be very strategic about like, I can't sit with this person no matter how much I'm into this conversation and no matter how much I enjoy it and I think this person's attractive or whatever. I have to go and make my ex bill that's in my head right now that I have to walk out of this club tonight with you know a thousand dollars or I'm in trouble you know and you would have that in your head the whole time you're like talking and not that, you know, there's a part of you that was like, I'd love to sit and talk to this person, just like a person at any job, you know, (laughs) would love to sit and talk to some person who's taking up more time than your boss allows, and you're going to lose your paycheck. It's the same thing. I don't see why people, you know, kind of judge strippers for being like, oh, you know, I walked in a strip club and I thought she really liked me. And It's not a matter of whether a person really likes you. I mean, it is a job. And, you know, when you run out of money and you can't pay that person, they have to move on. And I used to feel a lot of guilt about it, you know, when I first started because, you know, you would talk to young guys who would come in there and, you know, it was a sacrifice for them to um, spend a lot of money. But at the same time, you know, they kind of know, I mean, they know why they're there, and it's a life lesson, so, I mean, you do, you know, you do have to be that Natalie Portman, you know, it's like, you have to make a part of yourself, kind of, you know, like, disciplined, and, like, I might like you, but you're, I'm, you know, it's not gonna happen, and, you know, because I have to move on and make money now, and, um, and I have to watch my time, because you can walk out of a strip club with no income, you know, like, if you just came in there to party, you could be totally trashed, you know, and not make any money, so it's a skill, like any other job that, you know, watching your time, like a therapist, and in fact, it's kind of, I know this is, you know, probably weird hot take, but, um, like, when I did that job, Uh, one of our managers because I some people you know it just would depend on the night but I would always be somebody who I love talking as you can tell from this podcast and I could talk to people all night long so there were people who men who wanted to come in and be able to talk to a girl like they're out of town doing business they have no you know maybe they don't even want to get dances but they just would go to the bar and say what girl in here could I talk to and some of them it was almost like they used it like a therapist and I'm not saying I definitely was not trying to take a place of that but I think for some men you know they don't maybe don't feel societally, you know, like, comfortable going to a therapist, but they feel like, oh, it's okay, I, I go to a strip club, and so they, they say, you know, oh, that's that's acceptable, that's something they can, you know, talk about, you know, with their buddies or whatever, I just went to the strip club for a few hours, and it sounds naughty and bad, but, like, all they did, and they didn't confess to this to their friends, was talk to a girl for an hour, and maybe... They just needed somebody to listen to them or to talk to them about a problem that they're having so anyway (laughs) that's my long diatribe on stripping (laughs) and making money as a stripper so maybe I'll read one more poem actually about stripping and it's called topless wuthering heights we meet in uniform mine Pleated. Block initials. Fake as what you call me. You buy my naked pom-poms and a talk. Your suit befits the man you used to be. An agent. Federal. Then lawyer. Heart as dark as wool I lean against. To hear ex-wife exasperations that you start like all the other businessmen I cheer. But yours will end in headlines burned your bar, insurance fraud to life, you buy in carjacks and inns, shots at cops, out sunroofs, Jaguar, McDonald's crash, head-to-bullet impact. All this two months since our last Friday night, topless champagne, quotes of Wuthering Heights. So, yeah, that was kind of, (laughs) that's actually a, a incident or a, a story a really sad story of a very nice man that I knew um who was a customer of mine for a brief time at the strip club and ended up dying in a shootout with a police with his ex-wife who I mean they went on on a like Bonnie and Clyde I mean they just lost their minds but I he I, you know I never saw any indication you know who does, you know, and and I'm I'm not a psychologist, you know, but that he was like this, he was never um, a person, mostly we just talked, I mean, I did dance for him, but a lot of times we talked about books, he was very, very smart lawyer and ex-FBI agent, and um, I, you know, it makes me so sad to think, you know, the way that we can just, you know, have all this, you know, talent and Gifts from the universe, like given to you, and you can just throw it all away out of you know an inability, like to you know. I think, like in his case, had he stayed away from his ex wife, who was also a stripper but she um, owned a strip club herself and it was going in really bad shape, and that's why they ended up having the thing is that they tried to burn it down for insurance money and um, they got caught you know, for the arson, and so they went on the lam and ended up, you know, dying in a shootout with the police, and it's just, like, I learned so many life lessons in the strip club (laughs) about, you know, like, just the way great people, you know, can go so, so wrong, you know, like, and I don't, I didn't know this man, like, you know, every part of his life. And I'm not saying, you know, trying to voucher him that, you know, he was this perfect person because obviously he had tremendous, you know, flaws and he was very defeated by life. And, you know, he, you know, went down a tragic path. But at the same time, I just know that he was a man who made me feel very happy for, you know, hours at a time in a place and made me feel like I was sitting with a gentleman. And not everybody, you know, that wasn't always like that. And it was very, you know, disturbing to me and shocking when when all that happened. And it just was kind of another like this title of this podcast, you know, She never was going to heaven. I mean, when I was in that strip club, you know, you felt like you were in this dark place with a lot of people who you know were going through things in their lives Um, you know there were people you know using it to try to better their lives and go to school and different things but you're around a lot of people too who are on a decline and it's this weird you know (laughs) confluence of you know these people you know that brush up against each other and you know um and they're good people (laughs) whether they were in a decline or on their way up, you know, and so it's, it's, it's very, um, emotional, like, I I learned a lot of deep things in the strip club, and I, that's one thing I hope that my writing relates to people a lot, you know, it changes maybe some, you know, views, like, about, you know, that they might have that are ignorant about strip clubs, but, um, anyway, I am going to go cuddle up with a, stuffed animal and watch some tv because I am so full I made stuffing today and turkey and I had some wine and I've been doing this reading which has been really fun because I wanted to tell you too that I am so thankful for this podcast I like it was not something that was my idea it was something that was presented to me from another um place uh from you know the I got asked to do it by Gadget G Radio and who's not, you know, doing this anymore and I, I got had to take it over myself. But I did so because it has changed my life in a great way and it makes me feel like I feel like now you guys are this is my strip club where maybe I'm the man who comes to talk and you know every week, you know, and to in the darkness to strangers and you know, thank you for being that for me, because I've really needed it, and it's very therapeutic to me, and I hope that, you know, poetry is a benefit to you, too, and so, cuddle up, and get ready for next week, when I will be back to read more sonnets, or whisper them, but for now, I'm going to bed. Kristen whispers sonnets. Join me for a sonnet bedtime treat.